This episode of Witch Police Radio is brought to you by our friends at the Park Theatre. We have a number of great shows coming up. For more information, visit myparktheater.com. Thank you to everyone who supports my dad's show. If you'd like to support Witch Police Radio, go to patreon.com slash witchpolice today. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of the first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I am at the mall again. <laughs> it seems to be a fairly regular spot for doing these now. And um, we're talking about record label. Uh, about, I guess it's a reissue label, right? More than anything? Or? Uh, yeah, kind of. I've got a new, a new release coming out at the end of the month of an album that the band recorded back in 2012, 2013 okay. that they shelved. And and now it's finally seeing the light of day. So it's not really a reissue, but it is another old album, so I guess it kind of fits with... Well, before you even get into that, like, okay. you want to introduce yourself, and uh, the label sounds escaping. Yeah. I, I don't know much about it other than just kind of seeing things pop up over the last, I don't know, year or so? Yeah, year and a half, media, yeah. And it seems like, from what I can tell, you do a lot of reissues of older local stuff, which is super cool. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to just introduce yourself and kind of give some background, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so my name is Patrick Michaelishan, and I run a record label called Sounds Escaping here out of Winnipeg. It started uh, June of two years ago. Because I wanted, uh, there's a Calgary band called Forbidden Dimension, and I was, yeah. I've been a huge, huge fan of Tom cool Bagley's yeah. art and his music forever, and then started buying 45s well before I had a turntable. Uh, as just a, like collector items kind of thing? Yeah, just to have them, just to have everything, but I couldn't listen to them anywhere. My grandma's turntable had a crap needle, I couldn't get to my aunt's place because she was always working. And I always wanted a singles collection, I had all the cargo albums, um, yeah. I had all the compilations that they appeared on, but I didn't, I didn't have a way to listen to all these alternate versions that non-album versions and b-sides yeah so I started bugging Tom when I was 15 14 15 years old to okay. do a singles collection just like randomly messaging or something I or? found him yeah I found his email this is like preface yeah, yeah yeah I found his email address and I started sending him messages and he kept saying no 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 and uh, 14 years later when I was 29 uh, I think I finally wore him down <laughs> and he said yeah, yeah. and uh, after 14 years of bothering someone to do this, to do one thing, you kind of have to put your money where your mouth is. For sure, yeah, yeah. So I, I did. I came up with a name for the label. It took a while to do that. And uh, when I was working at a restaurant, this guy that I was serving with his family turns out he was a graphic designer who does a lot of stuff for the province. Oh, cool. We liked a lot of the same bands. He sent me mock-ups. He sent me a bunch of free mock-ups, and he said, "Like this is this is a gift for you." And this uh, television logo is yeah. what I what I picked, what I stuck with. I slapped it on a bunch of shirts. I made this 3D model. Yeah, it's very it. cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, which you can see in the banner. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice little stamp. I like the the aesthetic of it. And so, yeah, the Forbidden Dimension thing, the label was announced on June 1st of 2016. Yeah. And the double CD 40 tracker came out on the 15th of July of the same year. Okay. So, and Tom, uh, Tom was a great help. He didn't charge for any of the layout. He did it all for his uh, cargo releases. So he just basically did that all again. He wrote an 18-page history of Forbidden nice. Dimension. Uh, 
a whole bunch of unseen artwork and photos and stuff like that. I got to write a little blurb in the in the booklet, which you know, yeah, that's awesome. Made me feel amazing. And, and it always has such cool artwork on their albums anyway. Like oh, it's yeah. It's very distinctive. Like you can tell it's a red dimension record. You can, yeah, exactly. You know it's a Tom Bagley. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's one of those. He's one of those guys. He's got like such a distinct look about his stuff. So that was the first thing that I did. And then uh, just kind of leapfrogging from that, one of the bands that Forbidden Dimension got me into was a Winnipeg group called Personality Crisis, yeah. who had broken up well before... Uh, it was 80s kind of era. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. 80 to 84, I guess. Yeah. And they'd broken up well before I was born. And there was this uh, set of albums off a uh, Nanaimo label called uh, Lance Rock Records. They did a two-CD set or two-LP set called O Canada, and it was alternative bands from that era okay. covering uh, popular Canadian punk bands. Like sounds D- familiar. I think I heard Like that, DOA, yeah. Subhumans, Modernettes. Yeah. Uh, Personality Crisis was the only Winnipeg band covered across both okay. sets, which got me super, super excited. So t- when I was a teenager, I was going to HMV and Sam the Record Man and asked if they had any Personality Crisis, not knowing anything about yeah. you know, how scarce they were, what formats they were available on. And either I got a weird cross-eyed look from the from the clerk or if they were old enough to know they would just laugh in my face it's not gonna you can't find this so, anymore yeah, yeah. yeah exactly it's out of print it's gone nobody knows about these guys except for the hardcore punks yeah well it's so, a free internet thing too right you oh can't yeah just look it up so yeah, so, yeah. yeah it, was, it was basically like my dad's friend has this record yeah yeah and for sure so i i did the forbid dimension thing and it did quite well um I wanted to do something very Winnipeg after that, and I absolutely love, love, love this city. So I, I thought, what should I do? Personality crisis. It's never been done. And as soon as I pitched the idea, people said, you also have to do stretch marks, because right. they used to play together. The and same then when, scene, yeah. Yeah, and then when PC and stretch marks broke up, uh, Mitch joined stretch marks minus their vocalist, and they started Honest John. Right, right, okay. So yeah, they yeah. were like big in the, big in the 90s yeah. here in Winnipeg. And, uh, and yeah, so um, Mark's got a taco truck called the Habanero Sombrero. I went for tacos and I wore my Sounds Escaping t-shirt and I said, hey, uh, by the way, I, I have this record label. Yeah. And before I even finished my sentence, he just said yes. I said, well, what I'd like to do is I'd like to take the stretch marks. He's like, yep, done. Awesome. And that was that. So stretch marks was locked down in about 30 seconds. That's awesome. And Forbidden, or Personality Crisis, uh, got in touch with Richard Duguay. He's a very social media savvy guy. He's okay. been doing the music thing since well before Personality Crisis. And and he's still, do, he's still doing it right now. And he lives out in uh, North North Hollywood. Got in touch with him. He's He said it's okay, but you got to talk to John Card right. from uh, like SNFU and DOA and played a bit with No Means No. And personality crisis. You got to get in touch with him. He's got the master tapes. Okay. So eventually, I got in touch with John. It was a bit of a tooth pulling thing. He said yes, but I won't do anything without Mitch Funk's blessing. So getting a hold of Mitch was the toughest thing. I got his phone number. I left about ten voicemail messages yeah. for him over the course of a month, and he finally called me back. And he's like, "Listen, uh, you don't. You're not going to stop. What the hell do you want? <laughs> I want to release personality crisis on CD." He's like, "Well, whatever, man. I I don't I don't care. That's behind me." Yeah. Uh, do whatever you want to do. And then, like, three days later, I met him at the Pyramid at a gig. He did give me the old one up and down. I was wearing another Sounds Escaping yeah, yeah, t-shirt. Yeah. And uh, we talked for about 20 minutes, and he said, why don't you come over for dinner, and we'll talk about cool. it sometime. And now he's, like, one of my best friends. That's I see awesome. him That's I see awesome. him once a week, and it's the weirdest. He's got all these stories of, you know, playing gigs with the Ramones and yeah. Circle Jerks and uh, Henry Rollins and just weird stuff like that, but he just... It, it, not it's old, right? It's, it's old, yeah, it's old news for him. But, uh, so we, we started that up, and then we uh, 
there was a zine back in the 80s called Pages of Rage that Chris Walter and Matt Bennett did. Okay. They wrote the liner notes for both the PC and the stretch mark sets. Nice. Doug Comiskey, who was like the scene photographer back then, got in touch with him, bought a bunch of photos, used those, uh, and it's done it's done very well. That's There's really a lot cool. of people who are super stoked about it. PC even reunited last year. Yeah, uh, I remember hearing about that. I didn't go to the show, but I, I heard about it. It was insane. So we're working cool. on a we're working on a CD DVD of that right now. Nice. That's awesome. I'll make up the live recording. Yeah, we cool. did, we got a 20 track live recording. Uh, Craig Boychuk who's done the remastering of all of my releases so far. Well, he's done tons of stuff locally too. He's done tons. Oh god, he's got like yeah. over 300 uh, releases with his name on it. He was at the show. He recorded the live room. Uh, but their original sound guy flew up from Joshua Tree, California. Oh, cool. This guy, uh, Patrick Hutchinson, who started in the Maritimes, went to school in Calgary, moved to Winnipeg, did sound for a bunch of bands, made his way west, did sound for like DOAS, Nephew, and all those punk yeah, bands. Yeah. Then moved down the coast and started doing sound for Caius, and then Queens of the Stone Age for 25 years, Dolly Parton, Jack White, Lady Gaga. Calls me up when I'm having dinner at Mitch's, and he's like, did yeah. you actually get these guys talking again? <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, he said, good, because I bought a plane ticket. I'm doing your sound. Awesome. And yeah, it was just a giant love in it. was absolutely Everything worked out, right? I mean, everyone wanted to get involved, and they needed to get involved, I guess? Yeah, it was... Uh, it was guys, some of them hadn't talked to each other in, in a decade or more. And yeah. I mean, there were a couple of road bumps here and there, but it, by the end of it, it was just... It was a reunion. There was, my friend Paul flew in from Australia just for the show. Cool, that's awesome. Which is insane. Guys flew in from, uh, like, the old... Um, Unwanted guys, yeah, all kind of re reconvened in one place, flying in from all around North America. That's super cool. Uh, it was it was just a big loving party. So we recorded it. We had uh, a few high def cameras set up around, so it's being edited together nice. into like a punk show. We got a bunch of video on my phone from the rehearsals, which oh, that's awesome. were just mental. Like all these guys just showed up, and it was like picking up. It was like picking up where they left off, and they were just goofing around. They had their inside jokes, yeah. which were just from thirty years ago. From thirty yeah. years yeah. ago, and it was like no one skipped a beat. That's cool. So yeah, it, it all came together, and those are my—they're my most popular releases. They kind of helped me do other things for the label yeah. that haven't been as popular. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Is, is the goal of it to sort of just make it more available to people who missed them the first time around? Because I know that—I mean, both of those bands are bands that I had heard of, you know, being a kid in the '90s, yeah. playing a punk bands or whatever. I always heard about them, but it, was, it wasn't really easy to get your hands, like you're saying, getting the, get your hands albums, on it. Yeah. Uh, it was. I, I guess it's to get it out there again. Uh, I'm not musical at all, yeah. and I just kind of wanted to put my smear on the music scene in get any, yeah, yeah. just in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm I'm one of those heretics who uh, doesn't care for vinyl. Yeah. So basically, I wanted it on CD, and then I have 999 other copies that I have to get rid of. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. as long as I can have it for just myself, have it yourself, just yeah. so I can have it for yeah. myself, and then if anyone else wants it, that's that's yeah. pretty rad. And luckily, people around the world have been wanting uh, Personality Crisis and Stretch Marks. Forbidden Dimension is like 10 copies away from breaking even for me, nice. which is fine. Uh, and then the release I did after that was a Montreal post-punk group from the late 2000s, early 2010s called The Ovoids, okay. who I've been a fan of for about a decade. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw that on your uh, Instagram, I guess. It was one of the, the only one I didn't recognize. Well, yeah. the one so far. Like, oh, no one does. Yeah. <laughs> so the band uh, the band got their copies in Montreal, and they're all still doing music stuff. So they're cool. uh, kind of having it on their merch counters. Like, this is where we came from. Uh, I, I'm very, very proud of it. Craig made it sound amazing. We found the cool. original. Uh, it was the, in the digital age. So it was all recorded in, in an analog studio, but it was all digitized for... So it's quite easier to... So it's a lot easier to get all this stuff. Like, with yeah. stretch marks... Uh, Transi tape, right, well, Transistor 66, yeah. uh, for their 100th release, was going to do a reissue on vinyl okay. back in the day. So they actually found the original tapes, had them baked, 
uh, transferred and they're they're gone, like they're disintegrate okay. now. Uh, but nothing happened to that, so I bought the tapes off of, off of Art. And Art's been on the show too, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, Art's great, fantastic. Great to and he's doing, yeah, he's done yeah. amazing stuff uh, for the Winnipeg music scene. Yeah, for sure. I, I love the guy. He's been very, he was very, very kind through the process of uh, getting the stretch mark stuff. And, yeah. Uh, we haven't really talked much since, but I'm pretty sure he's well, he's into it. Was there, um, I seem to recall at some point there was a re-reissue on vinyl of the Personality Crisis album? Yeah, that like came out on... Like or something maybe? In 2010, I think, it came out on uh, War on Music. Yeah, okay, that's right. That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so that was... The Creatures for a While, right? Is that, yeah, that, yeah, their only album. Yeah. Was the, so the Creatures for a While came out on Risky in 83. It was reissued by Overground in 90, where they took off four songs and added four demos. Okay. Uh, no, they added... Yeah, they added four demos from... Uh, from, 80, from 1982 from Calgary that their original guitarist Walter Cott was on. Okay. So Walter was from the with the band from the beginning playing guitar and left the band in 82 to start a family and Preachers for a while came out with all these songs that he toured around North America playing right, right. but he wasn't on the album. So this was kind of his first uh, it was his first uh, being, it was his first time him being thrust into the into the spotlight with personality crisis. And when they're retroactively getting him on the album for the yeah, so it was his first time. Like he's been a part of it for so long, and there's all these live recordings out there with Walter on them. But he was never on the album. With the CD reissue, the entire second disc, because we have the the 12 track Preachers for a while. Right. We added 19 studio bonus tracks. Oh, cool. 17. It's a 29 track double yeah, yeah, yeah. double album. But the whole second disc is all Walter. So you got both versions of it, I guess. We got, yeah, we got both. That's awesome. That's awesome. We got we got both versions, and Walter finally has his time. And he got the, he played the show, and he's got uh, he's got some lung. Uh, issues right now, but he got up there and he freaking killed it. Awesome. It was in, it was absolutely mental, and uh, just the footage of him rocking out and his uh, his kids are in the front row cool, and just cool. staring up at him, and he's yeah. staring back at his. He's got this grin on his face that I that I see every time we talk about personality awesome. crisis. Now, yeah, I've ever seen a lot of photos from the show, and like it's, it seems like it was a blast. Like based on the audience, like you know, it was beyond. I'm not supposed to. We had a camera behind uh, John. Filming the audience, okay. and uh, the, the guys who run the pyramid don't want us to use that angle too much because uh, it may have been uh, obnoxiously over capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it was. Which looks good, like, I guess, but it doesn't look good for their licensing. Oh yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. let's get on camera though. Let's just have, hit the yeah, sensor yeah, yeah, yeah. button. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely wild, and uh, yeah, the ovoids thing came out, and people who've heard it love it, and uh, it's slowly trickling out there. I. I'm proud of it. I'm not. I don't regret it for a second. But then this band that's uh, putting out an LP on my label this month—they're called the Pink Noise. They started off in the early 2000s with a, a label called Sacred Bones okay. out, of, out of Brooklyn. They do like the John Carpenter stuff, the David Lynch stuff, oh, cool. Zola Jesus, Film stuff, Moon yeah. Duo, uh, and yeah, a lot of gothy punk stuff. So they started off on that label, and they've been—they uh, fluctuated between a full band lineup and a uh, solo project for this guy Mark Sonner. And Mark drummed for the Ovoids. Got in touch oh, with me. Oh, this was all connected. And so it's yeah. all. It's yeah. It's all. Yeah. It's, there's a thread that goes through all of my releases so far. It seems. Yeah. And they said, "Listen, we got to get this album out. The vinyl's already being pressed. We're paying for it. We just need a label for it. Can we put it out on yours? Once we recoup the costs, you can keep whatever profits are cool. made." I'm like, it's, yeah, that's, that's not, <laughs> it's a win-win-win. Like, so I get a new record on my label. It's on yeah. vinyl, and I get to make, I potentially get to make some money. Off and you don't it. need to put anything in any. I don't have to yeah. put anything in it, except for like social media stuff. So I'm having a blast. I'm getting so much reach right now because all you do is tag things. Yeah. And then as soon as somebody likes it, it's just it's a, it's for sure. Yeah. Viral. If the person shares it, you're good, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
you tag someone's name and their friends are like, oh, something's going on. You're playing in Kamloops. Yeah, yeah. And people who have checked it in Kamloops might see something like, oh, what's going on in Kamloops? Yeah, it's crazy how much you can you can tweak that to get the right people too. Oh yeah, yeah. it's uh, this digital manipulation. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Love it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of evil and insidious, but it it, it, it work for the right purposes. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. In the hands of in the in the hands of the right people. Right? Yeah, it's a very positive thing. So it's it's been uh, it's been a wild ride, and I've been meeting. Uh, I've just been meeting really cool and interesting people, and people have been reaching out to me. And, yeah. Um, you know, the flip side of the coin is as soon as someone finds out that you have a record label, they're like, hey. Yeah, I have a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I record in my bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't tour because I, uh, I have a family and obligations, yeah, but yeah. the musical sell itself. I'm like, well, that's not how, that does more that, that is not <laughs> how it works yeah. ever. So. At least with the bands that are defunct, there's the, the built-in audience for them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. kind of pre-installed, so I kind of lucked, I, and I lucked out with that, especially since I haven't really done any vinyl. I haven't done any vinyl yet. Everything's available on vinyl yeah, that I've put out. Um, but eventually, if something happens, if I win the lottery and yeah, yeah. I can get the bands to agree on a deal, then yeah, I'll, I'll repress everything. It's The War on Music Personality Crisis release is cheaper on Discogs than it would be for me to press them themselves. Right, so you have no point, right? That's yeah, I just, if someone says, is it on vinyl, I just reply with a link. Yeah. I just get it here. Well, I mean, they may as well help those guys out too, right? Because they do a lot of cool stuff for them. Oh, yeah, well. totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, is it, uh, I mean, at what point, I, I'm trying to figure out a word, how, how, is it growing to the point where the, now this is becoming more of a thing than you thought it was going to be in the outset? Like, are you are you actively kind of doing this all every day now that it's... No, not as much Not as much as I'd like. With the, pers- with the record label stuff, uh, I don't advertise as much as I really should, but stuff is selling, like I'm, mail- I'm at the post office every other day, yeah. which is kind of weird. I feel like I should be hustling a bit more, and if I did hustle more, I'd probably... Uh, I'd probably be pushing more product, but uh, I mean, I have a I have a real job. Yeah, like like most people involved in which some way most in people involved scene, right? in the music yeah. scene. Yeah. But then I had a, I started up a second side business, which I might actually be leaving my job in a month okay. because it's getting stupid busy. Yeah. So I might be able to, well, with that. I'd be able to while stuff is boiling on the stove, I can go out in my garden. Yeah, yeah. Stick a couple of CDs in the dirt and. Make a stupid post. Make a CD tree, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> tag like dirt. Gar- right. Gardening, and then get a whole bunch of people on Instagram who <laughs> right, yeah, don't yeah. care about punk rock music being like, well, okay, why not? Yeah, what is this? Follow, and then maybe yeah, so yeah, maybe it, someone yeah. will follow. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be someone uh, like Jello by Afro being like, I didn't know about this guy. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the benefit of having these old bands that are now like long gone too, right? Is that like you're saying they have all these stories of playing with all these big name yeah. people? Like some one of those people could find it. And be like, oh shit, I remember. March, I remember personality crisis from we played the show in '82 or something, right? and then oh yeah, and then, and then, they, boom, and then, and then yeah. they've got a platform where they're like, yeah, like yeah. Chris, uh, like Chris Walter who did some of the liner notes. He's yeah. made a with name for himself with yeah. all of his books. He's yeah. like published 35 books or something. He just yeah. has a new one called Misfits and Miscreants. And I feel like every day I, I see something that's a new book. Like I remember he had oh, like yeah. a, a few of them came out like you know ten years ago, and now like you know someone well, here's his 39th book. <laughs> He's like he's like the the literary version of the fall. It's just you turn around <laughs> and it's like yeah. a new thing. Yeah. But he flew out for the personality crisis gig because in his uh, in his biography about them, he basically said they existed for a short time. They burn bright and then they're you're never going to see them again. Yeah. And then this reunion yeah. happens yeah. and he's like, well, shit. <laughs> so he flew out and he was working the merch counter right next to me. For about half the gig, he didn't realize that I was the guy. Okay. I got no tattoos. I'm the, like, the least punk right. looking dude. Right. 
quote unquote punk looking dude you'll ever see. Well, and that guy's got head tattoos. And he's got, everything. oh yeah, he looks like he's wearing a, a hoodie all the time, yeah. but it's just his skin. Yeah. <laughs> so he, when he realized that I was the Patrick that he had been emailing with for the last six months, uh, he kind of flipped his lid and he's, uh, yeah, he's covered in ink. He's a teddy bear. He's the sweetest guy in the world. And he, yeah, he ended up interviewing me for this book and mailed me a copy. I've got like five pages of space in it. It's cool. pushed a couple of units. It's, cool, that's awesome. It's, it's the weirdest feeling. Do you think there's a, a renewed interest in some of this stuff? Like, I mean, uh, couple, I guess it was a couple of years ago now. Uh, Sheldon Burney's book about the yeah, scene, missing like teeth. Yeah, great book. And that kind of reignited. I guess a bit interest in some of these bands that had kind of been dormant for a while. They've been long gone. Yeah. And I mean, I, I read that and I was like, oh shit, I've heard of a lot of these bands, but now I want to kind of dig and see if I can find some of it because just getting the oral history. And then now, you know, you're reissuing this stuff. There's been like a few documentaries and things coming out about the local scene. Yeah. And it just seems like there's, I don't know if it's just the current generation now is wanting to go back and find what came before them or what. I don't know. But I, I think, I th- yeah, I think that's a big, I think that's a big factor. I, um, when the day that I uh, met you a couple weeks yeah. ago, this kid came up to my table and he sees the personality crisis CD and he says, oh my God, I was at my parents' place in their basement going through boxes of books yeah. and Chris Walters' book was there. And I think about like when I used to go to my Baba's place and go through books, but it was like books from the old country, old yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But now this new generation is finding books that are just published like a decade ago. Yeah. And it's super surreal, but there's that archeological hunt for something that maybe other people haven't heard or maybe what's in your backyard uh, I think people I think people like it I think people also like having something that they're proud of I was living in Australia for a bit and when people found out that I was from Winnipeg yeah. they're like the first thing was oh my god do you know Propagandi yeah. I'm like oh well, yeah but I see Chris Hanna yeah, in line at, at the grocery store, in line yeah. the grocery yeah. store yeah. so it's not really that big yeah. a deal or you know, I see him at a farmer's market and we exactly, strike yeah. up a conversation. Yeah. Or John it's actually K- more likely than the grocery store for that guy, I guess. Yeah, 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 that's true. Or, you know, John K. Sampson uh, at, at a board game cafe just doing his yeah. doing his thing with his wife. And people are just losing their minds. But, because you know, they're, so, they're so huge in their minds. Right? It's like the same oh, thing, yeah. I guess, as any, any other artist, really, that you like from, like, D.C. or California or whatever. And they're, they, it's the same thing, but it's... They drink milk. Right. Or almond milk just like the rest of us. They're just real, you know, hands on one leg at a time. Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think people... Uh, when they hear these bands, and when they have a band that they like, and then that band says, "Oh, influenced by," you always kind of go down that rabbit hole. It's a lot easier yeah. now with the internet. It's got like the wiki rabbit hole where you open up a new tab, clicks, and yeah. you know you have. But you know, I think that I feel like people do that less than now, though. I mean, yes, you can do the Wikipedia rabbit hole, yeah. but I think a lot of people, who, the way they listen to music now, is not really geared towards that. It's just a bunch of singles thrown at you. Whereas before, you know, and this might be just me being like, get off my lawn, damn kids thing, but you know, when I used to get a record or a CD or tape or whatever, I'd look at liner notes, look who wrote the songs, oh, yeah. and then find if it's a song I liked and it's not by the actual artist, I'd go dig and find out who it was. Yeah. I don't know if there's as much of that going on now because most people are on Spotify or whatever, they don't have liner notes. They're getting automatic suggestions. I, I and think, stuff. yeah, I think the way that it go, the way that it's going now is just that kind of instant, uh, like Pandora was the one that kind of started yeah. with algorithms yeah. where it's like oh you like this kind of tempo these this instrumentation you might like this song you might like this and here's you know here's where you yeah. go when Pandora was available in Canada I thought it was great because it would play a bunch of bands that I eventually fell in love with and went out and sure. bought their product yeah. I think that a lot of times now I've met a lot of people who don't understand the music passion thing. I know a lot of geeks. Like I surround myself with. Yeah, well, you mean, you're running a record label. Obviously, you're you're well, even, in that world. But too, even right? even before that, I was always I was always obsessed with music, and I'd see a gig poster, and I'd be like, "Well, the OCs are playing with Creepoy. Yeah. Who the hell are Creepoy?" So dig, then I, yeah. I dig, or I'd be like, "CD's only eight dollars. 
shopping cart shit. Right. Like yeah. I just take a chance yeah. on it. It's like flipping through a, a stack of vinyl and finding a sleeve that just melts your brain yeah. and, and just picking it up. And you want to, it's worth it, worth it just based on that to check it out, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. and there's a few, I think there's a lot, few people who can still, who oh, still. Yeah. There's, there's a community of people who do the best that they do still, yeah. Yeah, they want to, they want to find the, the next new thing or they, they want to take a chance, they want to just, they want to take a, a leap. Yeah. And there's other people who just don't care about it, they care about something else and that's, that's okay, yeah, but fine, for yeah. me it's boring, like it's, if I can't have a conversation with somebody about music, it's always the first thing, like whether it's a date or yeah. meeting someone. You're like, so what do you what do you listen to? Oh, you know, whatever's on the radio. And I'm like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. there's a cheese, <laughs> there's some cheese there that I'm yeah, gonna go yeah. nosh on. Well, I feel like I, I agree with you 100. I'm the same way. Also, yeah. I, I remember I used to go to people's houses. If it was a new person I was meeting, or whatever. First thing you do is you go to the go to the record. Yeah. They don't have it anymore though. So it's no, like, yeah. You can't. Can I scroll through your iTunes? Yeah, I, 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 see, that's awkward. Right? You don't know. Like, yeah. yeah, it seems too personal to go through someone's phone or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, what do you listen to? It's like, oh, here, I'll show you. I'm like, I don't want to see that. I want to see. Yeah, I want to see the spines yeah. staring out at me. Yeah, exactly. And then I can judge based on. No, I feel, I feel bad saying it, but I can decide whether. I want like, to see what we, condition you keep your music in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do we have anything in common right away? Yeah, yeah. When people are, when people have CDs, they're like, oh, they scratch so easy. I'm like, yeah. If you, if don't, you don't take, take care, care of them, of them yeah. like my CDs look like they're brand new. Yeah, like, I actually love how CDs are going out of style. I mean, it's not good for you running a CD label, but but in the sense that people are getting rid of them, and you can find so much cool stuff oh my for God. super cheap. And like I, I still listen to CDs. I, so I love CDs. CDs, tape records, I, I, whatever. I don't yeah. care. I'll listen to anything. And. The amount of stuff, like I've been kind of over the past year or so, been hoarding more than usual local music. Like anything I can find by a local band, as long as it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I will track down and get as many copies of it as I can, just just to have, because I think a lot of us. Yeah, just to archive it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the amount of stuff in thrift stores now is nuts. Like, you oh, go, yeah. you go to like Valley Village and find, like, sometimes at a time, five or six things, these great bands from like the 90s to the early 2000s that are just being. Oh, yeah. Well, like, you get like a. It's like this is a treasure trove right here. I went to like Garden City Value Village and basically. All of the Scalloweens that I used to work, yeah, all yeah. of those bands are, are there. I'm like, holy crap, Bailey's... You used to work at the Scalloweens? Yeah, I've been at the West End for like 16 years Okay, now. yeah, yeah. I, I played a bunch of those. I was in Grandpa's Army, which was one of those 90 yes. Scalloweens. Yeah, so I've like, seen you... I've probably seen you play a Probably. That was times. like 98, 2000 or so. But yeah, yeah, I was at a bunch of those shows too, yeah. I was like, I'm like, oh, Bailey's Car has yeah, a yeah, CD. Happy yeah. Nipple Project has yeah. a CD. Yeah. The Barrymore's and the... You know, all those bands. Yeah. And all this stuff gone now, which it's is... All, like, yes. It's, it's One of my friends just found... Um, Oh God! Was it in insane? Was it an Insaniac CD or a, I have one of those and a tape actually? <laughs> a tape she's, yeah, she's like, I just found this and I can't believe it. And like, it was obviously made in MS Paint, but the oh, disc yeah. was professionally pressed. Yeah. And it was a band that was, yeah, making a go of it. In addition to the label, you also are involved in this hot sauce thing, right? Like, what's the connection oh between the, the two? Funny enough, there is one. Because um, you were, the, the, I guess, like just a. Give some context yeah. here. The way that I first sort of met you, not really, was at um, the Goodwill, Goodwill Farmers Market. Yeah. The Farmers Market thing, and I saw hot sauce and CDs, and I was drawn to that. But I had both my kids with me, and they were kind of pulling me in different directions. Yeah, so I, re I, re I remember that distinctly. Basically, all I got was a bit of hot sauce spilled on my hand and my daughter's hand, and then we left. <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't even get to. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, so the record label thing is kind of a passive. I like it's active when something is coming out, and it's active when I have to pack stuff up and mail it off, yeah, yeah. and when I'm doing all the promo work. But it's pretty passive, like stuff. I figure out what's going to come out while I'm waiting for it to come out. I'm just, you know, uh, I'm promoting it and whatever. So I had uh, just quit my job at a restaurant, which was kind of funding all of the stuff I was doing. I went to a big box warehouse store <laughs> and it was absolutely miserable, but I was making decent money. And I started yeah. buying, I started buying Ozzas and there's that YouTube show where celebrities eat 
hot wings. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the show, hot ones, whatever. Yeah, hot ones, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like this, except you know, I'm not being. But you're fed. eating hot wings, yeah, yeah. I'm not being fed right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I really got into hot sauce, like just like everybody. And after I quit my job at the big box warehouse store, yeah. I uh, figured it would be cheaper to make hot sauce for myself. So I, have you ever done it before? No. Okay. No, I uh, I just I went online, looked up like a basic pepper recipe, and then I just started messing with it, and I. Figured that mango would be something. Yeah, good, mango's good with hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. mango's great with hot sauce. Yeah. So I figured I'd, uh, I'd give it a shot, and it just worked out. Like the first batch I made, it was amazing. Friends nice. would come over for pizza or, or just to eat anything, and then they'd just be dolloping hot sauce on. They said, "Man, if you if you sold this, I'd I'd, ma I'd make it." Yeah. So then I took it to the taco wagon where Stretch Mark Mark. So it all connects again. Yeah, works, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Man, this is this is delicious." Uh, or he, you know, he came over to take pictures for the Stretch Marks release. And he's like, man, this is delicious. And he tried it out. And then I made a second flavor. I did a blueberry ghost pepper. And I brought a bottle to him at the taco shop. And he tried it yeah. on a taco and said, holy shit, you have something here. You need to you need to be your own boss. Once you be your own boss, you're never going to want to work for anybody yeah. else ever again. So my girlfriend at the time pushed me into getting my food handling certificate. I made up a third, uh, a third flavor, did my raspberry scotch bonnet. And bought a bunch of bottles, sterilized them, and filled them up, made a post on Facebook, and within like 20 hours, 51 bottles were out the door. That's amazing. And I was, and I made a bit of a profit, so I threw it back in, bought more bottles, bought more stuff, and uh, came up with a, with a name, a concept. My yeah. friend Connor did all the graphic design work for me, and it just kind of took off. So it's been about six months now, and I've sold... I'm, I'm, Encroaching on three thousand bottles sold. That's incredible. Wow. And it's just farmers markets and that's stuff. Awesome. So yeah, that's, that's really good. Uh, looking at commercial. It's all in person. It's all you're just sitting there. Yeah, it's all just it's all yelling at people walking by and being like, "Hey, you with that's the beard awesome. and yeah, children, yeah. <laughs> making messes." Well, it was uh, good. That, the small amount I got to taste was actually pretty yeah. good. I, I dug it. Yeah, um, yeah, and so then I came out with the fourth flavor of Christmas, and it's uh, and a fifth flavor is coming soon. That Dragon Fruit Carolina Reaper, cool. and that that's taken up a lot of my time. So now I might actually have to leave my job and I'm terrified about it because it's being my own boss yeah. but I, uh, I went home yesterday for to visit my parents and I mentioned it to my mom who ever since I was a kid was go into trades yeah. or get a job where you can get a good pension and yeah. then when you're 55 that's when you can have fun I'm like sounds like my parents too yeah, yeah. holy shit that sounds like the most depressing life in the world like I'm gonna wait until my hips are barely working and all my cartilage is dried up yeah. and dusty before I can start having fun. So I went home yesterday, mentioned it to my mom, and she's she went from uh, from being that lady to seeing me in the in the newspaper and hearing me on the CBC a couple yeah. of times. And she's like, you know what? I Go believe in you. Just do it. Which was kind of like the clincher. And my friends are laughing at me that I needed my mommy's approval to <laughs> to do it. But it actually it means a lot. Like I'm a, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, I love my mom, and as much as she pisses me off, I really want her to be proud of me so yeah uh, she thought I was wasting my money with a record label and then PC stretch marks blew up and we got like a full write-up in the like a two-page write-up in, in the free press yeah and, I remember seeing that yeah and she cut it out for me and she showed all of her friends at church and everyone's like <laughs> holy crap you're it's actually a thing yeah. it's actually a thing so yeah. now she's just like you're gonna do what you're gonna do but you seem to know what you're doing yeah. I don't understand this internet world but Make sure you come visit once a week at least. Yeah. So yeah, as long as you're still doing that, you're good, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it all it all worked out. So it's just like That's hot awesome. sauce and punk rock, and I started taking all my CDs with me to uh, to my farmers markets, and now I just. Do you get a lot of sales of the CDs at the farmer markets, or? 
Not a lot, but enough to boost, enough to help me buy groceries. That's like awesome. My first sale at the last market I was at, a lady was walking by, she walked right by the hot sauce and then double-taked at the CDs. Picked up a PC and stretch marks, yeah. and she's like, I know Mark, and my husband went to school with Mitch and Richard, and yeah. he has to have these. So she bought, that was my nice. first sale. I didn't nice. even sell a hot sauce yet. I was waiting to make a sale, and my CDs went, and uh, now I'm managing, quasi-managing uh, Colin Bryce from Dub Rifles, okay. band, and he was also in Discharge, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm managing his band Mohair Sweets. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. So we go out for coffee once a week, and I help him with his stuff, and he, Right now he's paying me in CDs and records. It's awesome. Which is... Yeah, can't complain about that, right? Yeah. I'm totally fine. Well, uh, the Dub Rifles actually is another band that had the, that reissue that came yeah, out and they put out there. Yeah, Chris, Chris, put out, yeah. Chris put out the Dub yeah. Rifles thing and it's... It's uh, a really good collection too. I awesome. absolutely love it. And I didn't know anything about the Dub Rifles until I saw this uh, local documentary called Piss on You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it had like a kind of a who's who of... Of that era of the Winnipeg scene. Of that era of yeah. the Winnipeg punk scene, which is super fucked up to watch for me because I didn't know that it was... I didn't know it was a thing. I saw it, and all of these guys that I dealt with uh, making the PC stretch marks yeah. thing happen and just started crossing paths. Like, you go over to, I went over to Mitch's place for coffee, and Norm from The Unwanted shows up yeah. with his kids, and I, I've seen this documentary, and Norm is this guy at the front of the stage, and he's commanding, and he's pissing off the crowd, yeah. and he's the sunniest, friendliest, always laughing guy, and his kids are adorable, and he's just this amazing dad. This is 30 years later, too, right? And you're yeah. like, what the... Yeah, so you're watching this documentary, and see, you're learning about these punks, and they've, they're all, like, kind of domesticated now. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's surreal. It was amazing seeing, because it was more of, like, a who's who than, a, than, like, a narrative for me. Yeah. So it was... Yeah, it's super cool. It was wild. It was just... A, it's such a weird But this, that's, that thing. documentary is another example, too. You're just kind of preserving all this old stuff. Oh, yeah. Area. It's, it's really neat. Yeah, I think... When I was growing up, there were a lot of bands in Winnipeg that I just didn't care about because they were from Winnipeg. It's like, oh, right. well, what's going on out there? And then the big one for me was Duotang. Duotang yeah, was Duotang, the Duotang first band, band that I was I, like, I had them on the show a couple years ago. I love them. Awesome guys, yeah, yeah. They're one of my, I think they're my favorite Winnipeg band. Yeah, they're great, great band. I played their drummer in a commercial. Oh, yeah? Uh, for their new album when it came out, we went out to the uh, some weird, bad hotel in the North End, and we rented a room and we're getting yelled at by the locals. They're like, are you filming a porno? Or like, uh, <laughs> I mean, we probably make more money. But we filmed the, the uh, How Duotang Broke Up. So I played, okay. I played. I think I saw that, actually. That sounds yeah. Very cool. yeah, yeah. And then at the end, they have the pizza with the fried chicken on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the breakup was over what they're going to eat after uh, after a gig. And I played Sean, which was kind of a weird dream come true. I used to, when I was a kid volunteering at the West End, Chris Pegas was good friends with both of them. And they'd come in after hours. And I'd see Duotang, and I'd be yeah. like, oh my god, I can't believe these guys who I listen to nonstop are in front of me. Yeah. You know, they shook my hand, learned my name, and then we started to see each other, and they'd, you know, they'd see me, and they'd be like, oh, hey, Patrick, and I'd be like, oh my god, famous, famous people yeah. are talking to me, yeah. why is this happening? And they'd go to Vancouver, and they'd be like, hey, we just played this gig, and we brought back this double seven-inch that's out of print for you. I'm like, cool. I couldn't believe what was going on, so they asked me to be Sean, and at the personality crisis gig, we were talking about the, we were talking about the commercial, and... I was bragging about how I'm a huge fan of Duotang and now I'm in this ad advertising yeah. for them. And everyone's like, oh, uh, did you play the hot one? And I'm like, oh yeah, I played Sean. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and I told Sean and every, the whole group laughed except for Sean's like, why the fuck would you tell me that story? That's such a... Uh, it's pretty funny, but I... Yeah, I, I, once I started... Uh, once I started realizing that there's quite a bit of talent here in Winnipeg, and a lot of places now have opened up in the last couple of years, like the Goodwill and the yeah. Handsome Daughter, uh, Excuse, Mr. Bones even. Yeah, we had this old pizza place. Yeah. 
And but there's punctuals there now. And there's punctuals there now, and you can buy pizza, and it's it was a foreign thing for Winnipeg, being like, why would you put a stage in a in a restaurant? But like it, in Australia, there's Frankie's Pizza, and a lot of bands come and play Frankie's Pizza. There's uh, venues and bowling alleys where you can yeah. bowl and eat food and see a gig. It's it's wild, and there's just places popping up that are giving bands that don't have a lot of cash and want to get up on stage yeah. opportunities. And Winnipeg is such an amazing scene for that. Two are so isolated that when it gets to minus 50, you just hunker down in a basement. It's so bad. And yeah, record a bunch of shit and then, yep. hey, I got a friend who's learning how to do sound. Oh, can he master it? He doesn't know what that is, but sure. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And then something comes out, you know, a band with some CDRs, but yeah. And then those are the things that I find 15 years later at Value Village. I'm like, holy shit, someone gave this away? Yeah. And then, yeah. When did this even happen? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's something that needs to be done. And for, for me, it was just a matter of wanting it and making it happen. And I feel uh, I feel like a wicked sense of pride about it too. Yeah. Because I've been told by Walter and Mitch and Richard that there's been a whole ton of labels over the last however many years who've tried to reissue the stretch marks yeah. or personality crisis. And it was about to happen and then it fell through. And it was about to happen and it fell through. And when I was calling Matt Vanette about the stretch marks and PC stuff, he wouldn't answer my calls because He's been bothered about this kind right. of stuff so many times. Someone was doing a project on the Winnipeg punk scene and got in touch with him and he lent them a photo album, so personal photos yeah. and stickers and uh, and documents. And then her project fell through and she just never got back in touch to return the oh, documents. So he, he tracked her down and he got his stuff back, but he yeah. was so sour about that. I can see that, yeah. That would be... So when I got in touch with Doug about the photos in the PC Stretch Marks uh, sets, I went over to his house, we went through everything, and I said, well, you know, we, we talked about money a little bit, what do you think? And he gave me a dollar amount, and I pulled my wallet out and paid him on the spot. Nice. And he got the money, his eyes went wide, <laughs> and his cell phone came out, and he texted Matt saying, when this number calls you, yeah, you answer. Yeah, yeah. And that, that trust was built, and um, one of my favorite things was uh, Colin Bryce, works at uh, Long and McQuaid, so I... I went up, I saw him the first time and I said, hey, I got in touch with Richard, I'm getting the ball started on this personality yeah, yeah. crisis thing. And he says, yeah, well, good luck getting them to agree to that. <laughs> and then a couple of months down the line, he um, he's like, well, they agreed to it, but good luck getting it off the ground. And then another couple of, another month after, he's like, well, all right, so it's off the ground. Good luck getting them to start talking about it. Right. All right, well, you got them talking about it. Good luck getting them to reunite for this gig. It's always another... Uh, it's barrier, always the yeah. one thing. Yeah. And then he's at the gig, and uh, <laughs> six of the seven members of PC were there, except Jimmy didn't show up. And Colin's like, so he just sneers, yeah, well, Jim's not here. <laughs> but after that, he's like, holy shit, this kid yeah, actually he got, it. It. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. it done. So now he's now he's a good friend of mine, and I'm doing the mohair suite. That's thing. awesome. Well, and I guess like just having done those two CDs, too, uh, well, the other ones as well. Yeah, yeah. You kind of have the trust that people can see. Okay, well, obviously these. The yeah, that's, notes, the, that's the big. That's the big one. These bands obviously trusted this guy to, yeah. to put the music in a proper way, like that kind of tributes what they did, right? So. Like, well, even and with with the original vinyl pressings, like vinyl wasn't the whole 180 gram virgin yeah. vinyl stuff. Yeah. It was like we melted down all these garbage bags and we're. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of plays, yeah. And it kind of plays. Yeah. It's you know it's melted a bit because it was plus five. Yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, we, Craig did an amazing job remastering from all the original, so as many original sources as we could. Some of them couldn't find the originals, so we had to use what we had. Uh, on the Personality Crisis set, there's a seven-song demo that was recorded in San Francisco in an actual studio. Cool. 
that there was one master tape that the original guitarist Walter had okay. that he stole before he left the band. So it still exists because of that? Because he stole it? Like, is that why? It ex- yeah, so I was at Walter's house, and he's like, bet you never heard this. And he pulls out this one cool, master tape. Cool. So we were originally going to do Creatures for a while, the compilation tracks and the two demos that are kind of readily available online. Yeah, yeah. On one CD. And then this demo tape comes available, and we're like, well, shit, now it's not going to fit. But we <laughs> want to include it. So he uh, so he turned it into a two-disc thing, so it was all the studio stuff, then it was all the demo stuff on the second disc. That's awesome. Uh, it kind of sounds like shit because it's a 30-year-old cassette, but Craig did an amazing job, and it sounds like an archival recording, but that's yeah. it's there well, for And the fact that you, have it, fact you even it. have it, yeah. too. So it was... Uh, so he, and he brought out the bass, so the bass is Dwayne. You can hear some bass when it's quiet, but then it was always the guitars were super to the front. Super yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a super trebly mix, and now the bass is there, and cool. it sounds insane. Uh, there was guitar parts that Mitch was like, I remember that live. I remember when Jim would do that live, but I never ever heard it on any of the three vinyl pressings. Yeah. And now it's there. Like just just a little thing during the bridge that he never heard. So cool. you know, Mitch, whenever I go to his place, it's still out. The CDs are out and he listens to he went from not giving a shit to listening to himself and he air multi instruments right. and he the sings along. Comes back. Yeah, yeah. The first when we first were listening to the masters in my house, I had everyone I had everyone come over and uh, they brought beer and stuff like that, and Mitch got a bit tipsy, and he was controlling the volume knob, and he was singing karaoke to his own band. <laughs> and I was, I wished I could film it. Mitch was, uh, Mitch was like, a, I don't want my picture on the internet thing now, and now he's got his own Instagram account where he yeah, sells yeah. his art. Yeah, I think I saw that. Actually. Which is this is pretty cool. Yeah. Which is the weirdest thing, and he puts, he makes mix CDs, and if people want to pay him for art in mix CDs, he's gonna do it. Yeah, he's just one of those guys. So he's, he's getting out there, and he's kind of embracing this whole. That's awesome. This whole thing. Elder Statesman kind of deal, yeah. And at the gig, they all made uh, they all made really they made more money per person in that gig than they've ever made from that band. Wow. So they were super happy with me because I yeah, no, I didn't want to cut of the door. I'm just like whatever I sell, I sell, and whatever merch I sell will split 50-50. Cool. That, that wasn't CDs, whatever yeah, yeah, like yeah. t-shirts and That's shit. Awesome. Like, yeah. Cool. So they made a ton. So it was great. So they were happy. If people are hearing about these, these releases for the first time on here, yeah. what's the best thing for them to do to find out more? How to get them? Uh, how to hear them in the first place? Like what, what yeah. So do? you can go to soundsescaping.bandcamp.com. All of the releases are available for streaming on there. Okay. Uh, the Pink Noise one isn't up yet. Uh, it probably will be by the time this comes out. I would imagine because you yes, know, you get a bit of backlog and stuff. So this will yeah, be yeah, up for a while. So, so yeah, yeah, it'll be up. On, it'll be up on there. That's one. That one's on vinyl. I don't know how many copies I'm going to have of that by the end of their tour. But the CDs are all available physically. Uh, they all have really nice booklets. The Forbidden Dimension stretch marks and uh, PC ones are all 24 to 28 pages. Okay. Uh, the Ovoids one is eight pages, but it's got a little history of the band and a visual discography. You can get in touch on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. You can get in touch via soundsescaping.com. It's not updated as much because uh, social media is way easier to update. For sure, yeah. But uh, I don't have a store on there. You just kind of like, tell me what you want. We figure out where you are, and then we can meet up. Right. If you're in Winnipeg, just get in touch, and we'll set it up. I'm not very hard to get a hold cool, of. Cool. Especially and you're the, also at Farmer's Market. And also the Farmer's Market with the 1882 fruit-based hot sauce. Right. Um, and there's an Instagram for that as well. And there's an Instagram for that as yeah. well, which has the just terrible photoshops <laughs> and uh, pop culture references from... Uh, that are about two decades late. Nice. That's, yeah. That's the way you do the internet, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. how you do the internet. Yeah. People don't like slick. People see something gaudy and ugly, and that's what makes them slow down. It's like roadkill. Yeah, yeah. They're like, sure. oh my god, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. But I'm but slowing I, down. I want to try it now, yeah, 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 for sure. Cool, okay, yeah, people should check those out, and definitely, obviously, get, get check out the 
CDs and vinyl when that's out. And uh, if you want to hear more episodes of this show, go to witchpolice.com. There's all probably 290. We got rubberneckers. What's like happening? Co-workers. Oh. <laughs> we got like 290 some episodes up there, maybe even 300 by the time you hear this. And uh, yeah, that distracted me like crazy. I'm it's okay. Them. That's what editing is yes. for. I, 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 I'm going to forget to edit this. So. I know. Um, but you and my family also plays these episodes on uh, midnights on Sundays. Sweet. And those are older ones. So it's, you know, what, mid-April now or mid-May recording this. Yeah. It might not air until like September or something. But the cool thing about that is yeah. it's just like an extra bonus. You can always get them online. But yeah. if you happen to be tuning in at midnight, there's an old episode of some band you forgot I interviewed kind of get a second win. So. Or a third win. Or a third case. win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. Yeah, I appreciate cool. this. But anyway, yeah, thanks again for talking. Me. This is a very interesting conversation. Thanks. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks for talking to me. I'm glad you're doing this. I'm glad. I'm glad I mean, because I really, as people who listen to the show know, I'm really kind of obsessive about preserving local stuff if yeah. I can. And it's cool, always cool to see other people doing that. Whether it's reissuing something, whether it's you know like just issuing something, just getting issuing, something done, just getting it, pulling out there, the so, trigger. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Making it available in the first place is, is yeah, for sure. So.